Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store, located at 1200 Central Avenue in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. And welcome to Grape Minds, a wine podcast in which two wine-loving friends talk wine, not what to like and what not to like, but the history, culture, and the people behind the wine. Today we're celebrating Chardonnay for Chardonnay Day, which is May 21. I'm Julie Glenn. And I'm Gina Birch. You know, Chardonnay is one of the most popular grapes worldwide. It's one of the most widely planted grapes and uh, it comes in so many different styles. So it's also one of those uh, grapes that swing that people either love or hate as well. You know, not grapes, but wines that are made from the from that particular grape. Yeah, there is the whole ABC thing. Anything but Chardonnay yeah. can because, be very polarizing. Yeah, that's a word I was looking for. Yeah, Chardonnay went through the same thing that Merlot went through. Yes, people got overdone on it. 80s, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff, and then they got all snobby and and I like it. But the thing is, to say you don't like Chardonnay kind of doesn't make a lot of sense because it can be made so many different ways. Just beautiful. It can be. It's, or it's, really cloying. It, it can be a tough old bird, and it can be a delicate spring fairy at the same time. <laughs> I like that, yeah. It's a grape that can be turned into a horror show of butter and oak. Think cougar juice. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or it can be an elegant lady with old wealth and a pedigree. It just depends on where it's grown and what a winemaker wants to do with it. Specifically what a winemaker does with it, because it's one of those that can be so manipulated. You know, in the U.S., uh, people first marketed Chardonnay as Chablis, and that was much to the horror of French winemakers in the actual region of Chablis, where Chardonnay is a reigning queen. And here we were, a lot of, looked at as cooking wine. Oh, we're just going to grab that big jug of Chablis and cook with it. And it could be anything farther than cooking wine, except if it's in the U.S., but in in France, it's just magnificent how it's produced. It could, it's, and there's so many different, there's like Petit Chablis, there's mm-hmm. Chablis, then there's, of course, there's Montrachet. Oh, Montrachet is definitely one of the most famous names when it comes to French Chardonnay. Uh, they're also kind of lean on the palate, but they're pretty fat on the wallet. I mean, these are some pretty expensive, generally speaking, um, Chardonnays from France. Do you remember where you were when you tried your first Montrachet? I don't. I was in a liquor store, (laughs) a wine shop. Okay. And it was, I think it was on the other coast. And I was still training when I was first learning how to sell wine. And this guy, he's like, oh, and I had a winemaker with me um, who I have since remained friends with. But he, this, the guy that owned the store, he was like, hey, check out this Montrachet. You got to try this. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm still learning, you know? Yeah. I'm like, man, that was awesome. What Mm -hmm. is that? I didn't want to say what is that out loud because it was embarrassing, but. I, I investigated later. <laughs> you know, and a lot of these Chardonnays that we're talking about are coming from the Burgundy area, and that's kind of where Chablis, it's, yeah. yeah. Um, but what I brought in as far as a French wine today, because, you know, I always have to bring in wine as an excuse for experiment, uh, <laughs> is an, a region of France that typically isn't known as well as much for Chardonnay, and it's the Languedoc, and that's in the southern part of France, and it's around, you know, where the Pyrenees are and Spain, and, uh, close to the border of Spain, and, and this particular area where I brought the wine from. It's uh, more like a Mediterranean climate and uh, climate. It's a lot of limestone and schist. And I'm going to give you one guess as to who the winemaker is. Um, Might it be your crush? (laughs) 
<laughs> she's giggling. <Sorry>. She's <laughs> blushing. Oh, it's from Gerard Bertrand. It is. I He's can't almost as it. beautiful as his bottles are. The <laughs> bottles are so great. This bottle. So this is a Cote de Roses. Um, and it also, they also make a, a rosé and they make a Pinot Noir, but the bottom of it looks like the shape of a rose. And he hired this um, uh, artiste to shape this bottle. And so I thought I'd bring it in as just something totally different because this one is, it sees a little bit of barrel fermentation, but mm. most of it is in uh, is in um, stainless steel. So it's going to be that fresh, lighter yeah. And this is, you know, widely distributed. Yeah, this is this is in a lot of places because I've seen it around, but it's really cute in the half bottle mm-hmm. size, too, you know? Yeah, I brought a half bottle. It's so cute. I know. I would like to save this bottle and put it, you know, use it for, like, um, dressings and stuff. But to me, this is this is crisp. It's yeah. light. It's not cloying at all. And it could go with so many different mm-hmm. uh, foods. Yeah, I can go with a lot of stuff. It's, it's a great aperitif wine. And mm-hmm. speaking of that, it's also Chardonnay is one of the star players in Champagne. Speaking mm-hmm. of aperitif, where I usually go straight to bubbles. Mm-hmm. But um, Chardonnay plays a big role in uh, the Champagne production up in that region of France. So Chardonnay's grown in a lot of places. It didn't do so great down in Australia so much. But in New Zealand, it seems like it does pretty well. What was that one we had? Giant Steps. Yeah, that was. Oh, that's good. Oh, that is an amazing a giant step Chardonnay. That is a good and, one, and that one's uh, from that part of the world. And I'm telling you, that is another crisp, beautiful. I believe it's a twist off, so it's easy to get to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which we all like, especially this time of year. We just want to get in there and get it, baby. Yeah. So what happens when the grapes move from the vineyard or into the cellar is what's going to determine whether this fine young thing is going to become a butterball or a baroness. Mm. There's a decision whether to barrel ferment. That Mm -hmm. has a softening effect on acidity. Right. And then there's the malolactic conversion decision. It's often incorrectly... It's often incorrectly called fermentation. Right, malolactic fermentation. I think people hear that a lot, and I've even said it before, just just blurting it out, and then I have to catch myself. But. Yeah, because it's actually, it's not a fermentation at all. There's there's the alcoholic fermentation that occurs. Mm-hmm. Then there's a decision about malolactic conversion, which is turning malic acid into lactic acid, which brings in a byproduct called diacetyl. Right. And that's the compound that's responsible for the buttery smell, a la Orville Redenbacher microwave mm-hmm. popcorn. Um, but that drops the malic when you drop the malic acidity, um, what, what, then it makes the mal- mouth feel a little bit softer, right? And it adds those buttery flavors. So there's clearly a leaning towards cougar juice at this point. And I'm thinking <laughs> like Ron Bauer, Kendall Jackson. And if you were to personify Chardonnay in that iteration, I'm thinking like wearing cougar print, giant blonde hair, all kinds of makeup, oh my gosh. enormous amounts of mascara. Right, I, you totally hit it. And, That's you know, a human. And there's so many people that I I have a friend who who loves the Rombauer, and I and I always joke that when she dies, she's going to be buried with a bottle of that stuff in her hand in the casket right alongside her. Really? Because she will not. I mean, she'll appreciate. She'll drink other, but at the end of the day. No, that's her style. That's what she wants. That's what she grew up on. That's what she cut her teeth on. And, you know, I've a lot of people have moved on or never really even enjoyed that to begin with. They just drank it because it seemed popular at the time. Yeah, and it was really popular, but then it right. ended up becoming pretty unpopular. One of the other things that's kind of cool about Chardonnay that you almost, I don't want to say exclusively, but I always hear about 
clones and clone yes. selection when it comes to Chardonnay, whereas I don't hear about that when it comes to other uh, grape varieties as often. Or... Not as often. I mean, when you start getting geeky about it and you're, and you're going out in the vineyards, you know, a lot of the, the winemakers will talk about it. And I know why you specifically brought that up is because what we're pouring now is a wine from uh, a Chardonnay from um, Oregon. And, you know, forever and ever, the Chardonnays coming out of there were just bad because they were not using the proper clone. Uh, you know, Oregon's a whole different climate than California. You know, when you talk about the cold, how cold it is, and and they were using the, the clones that were used in California forever when they really needed the ones that were in Burgundy. And once they started doing that, these Chardonnays coming from there are have been amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. They, um, I would talked a long time ago to the guy from Edelsheim, Edelsheim yeah. mm-hmm. Vineyards. He said that before they were when they first started bringing Chardonnay up, what they were bringing up was the Wente clone. Mm-hmm. And if you know where Wente is, it's in Livermore. Right. It's like 117 degrees in the summer there sometimes. I right. mean, that's hot, and that does not happen up in Oregon. No, so. it, it wouldn't ripen because it was so cold there, so they had to go and get the Dijon clone. You want to talk about acidity? Good yeah. Lord, man, that strip your enamel off your teeth. Um, but, yeah, so a Wente clone up in Oregon did not do so well. So, so they had to really work hard on getting different clones up there mm-hmm. to Oregon. It took a lot of paperwork and a lot of approvals and all that kind of Replanting, stuff. Replanting. It's a yeah. lot of time, money, and effort. So oh, they're so really so getting in the Chardonnay game now. And um, I brought in the Knudsen. Knudsen, that's K-N-U-D-K-N-U-D-S-E-N. Thanks. It's a 2017. Yeah, Knudsen. Knudsen. I don't know how to exactly. Conundrum. Uh, It's from uh, Dundee Hills and the Willamette Valley. And this is, um, you know, in that area, there's two different kinds of soils. There's a volcanic and then there's the marine. Uh, This comes from a volcanic soil. And it's spent a little bit of time in in oak, um, but not a whole lot. So Yeah, you don't taste it on there at all. No, I smell it. I smell a little bit of that. Wait, on the finishing. uh, Toffee, uh, butter, toffee, kind of popcorn-y thing. I smell it, but... It's, oh, I get a little, you know, I get that minerality in there, too. Mm. Very, very minerally. It kind of smells almost ashy. And then you get it on your palate, and then towards the mid-palate, that's where you start mm. feeling that barrel action. And you know, I get a little brightness in there, too. You know, very like bright, a, yeah. Um, some citrus and... Yeah, Meyer lemon kind of thing. Yeah, this is almost like a like a mousse, like a, a yeah. citrus moussey kind of... Like a of, lemon meringue mm, pie. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's a really nice one. By the way, we have, have pictures of all of these wines that we're taking, uh, that we're drinking on our on the website and on our social media, so you can can check them out and and look yeah. for them because they're all you know so far they've been really good. We've got a yeah. couple more to go. So you got the Cote de Rose, which mm-hmm. is the Gerard Bertrand. Mm-hmm. That was less pronounced on its acidity, mm. I think, than this one. Personally, I think it's a little. Yeah, and I though. thought it would be the opposite. Yeah, I thought it would be too. But man, this is tight mm-hmm. i mean not tight like in a bad way but this is like it's, not flabby no it's got a little bit of everything that you want it's yeah. got that nice acid that'll cut through things it's got that roundness um uh, from the the buttery oak just a, a hint of it enough to i think it would complement some scallops really well oh yeah it w- and yeah. this is this is like just the right amount of makeup mm-hmm. you know mm. that's a good way to put it oops that's okay i'm dumping we're trying to not OD on the wine. <laughs> it has been quarantine. It's been tough on yeah, all of our we're livers. Sitting, we're sitting way across from each other, so <laughs> trying to reach everything is, is a little bit challenging. Yeah. So we've talked about France and we've talked about about Oregon. Let's let's move to the big daddy. Let's move to um, the U.S. Chardonnay, and this is uh, you know California. We, yeah, we talked a little earlier about how 
uh, a lot of it had been over extracted for so long and it, it was really getting a not was, so great reputation yeah um so and it was just grown in places that probably shouldn't have been grown and it was being mm-hmm. manipulated by people to get the maximum amount out you know mm-hmm. to people um did you what did you just pour the wind vane i did the same thing i think so okay guys let's just make sure <laughs> Bless okay. you. We don't have COVID. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm knocking on all the wood. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's allergy season down here oh in Florida. Oh, my gosh. So. I can't take it. Yeah. that. You know what? I hate that. So when you just sneeze, and I, I am a huge sufferer of allergies. Oh. And every time I sneeze, I feel like I have to raise my hand and say, allergies, allergies. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I sound like Wolfman Jack most of the time during <laughs> allergy season, so... Well, people look at you like, how dare you sneeze in my presence? Like, like I, can I can't help, help it. it. <laughs> you know, like I really wanted to just halfway wet my pants right here. All right. So. Well, so Carneros, you know, is. Uh... <laughs> and let's talk about Carneros after we talked about the accidental pants wetting of a sneeze. Yeah. Well, when I think of when I think of California Chardonnay, <laughs> I love Carneros. I really think of Carneros. You know, it's. Uh, it's right there. It's, it's this really interesting region that balances, uh, that, that crosses borders between Napa and Sonoma. And it's, they just do some beautiful, it's a little cooler down there. And, uh, oh gosh, I haven't tried this. So this is the wind vane. Mm-hmm. And this is a 2016. So by the way, all of these that we're trying are different years. The Knudsen. Knudsen. <laughs> that was a 2017. Uh, and this is a 16. We're, we're, we're going down. We're, we're, we're kind of going a little... I'm thinking it might be a silent K. Yeah. Like knowledge. Like I can know. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't can know. Well, as really. soon as we publish this, <laughs> we'll, we will know. <laughs> well, somebody <laughs> might could tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so, this one, the Windvane Chardonnay, again, is from Carneros, and it spent a little bit of time in the French oak barrels, about 20%. Uh, and then about 25% uh, went through the mallow, the mallow lactic that we talked about to kind of soften it and brighten it up. And um, that spent a lot of time on the leaves, the batonnage, so that stirred in there to to build up that mouthfeel, which is a whole nother uh, process of making wine. And it just makes it a little creamy and... Yeah, uh, creamy I'm getting for sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You like this one? Oh, that's so different. It's totally different. It's mm. like jarringly different. It's weird. But it's it's interesting, though, um, 25% you said mallow? Yeah. It's interesting how they can do that. And then they put these specifications in the tasting notes on their websites. And you can see that, okay, well, they are really – there's a manipulation happening there. They just to- toss all the wine into a mallow. They don't – This, to me, is more tropical. Yeah. And, you know, I think here's, – here's the thing. We're trying these back-to-back, so our palates are a little different. If I were just to have this on its own with maybe a, I don't know, a, some kind of a, a fruit salad, I keep like to me that's it's just tropical to it's me. It's really like a, fruity, yeah. Um, it's like a coconut cream pie. Yeah, on the side. It's exactly. I I totally was envisioning coconut flakes when you said that. Mm. Yeah, it's really it's so it's weird how one hundred percent different. That's what I'm talking about about Chardonnay. That, but I get a lot of acid on the finish. It's total acid on the finish. Chardonnay is totally that girl who looks a thousand percent different with makeup on and makeup off. And then all the different gradations in between. This one's growing on me a little more. It's because I'm getting more, again, like you talked about the lemon. I'm getting a little, um, uh, even a little apple in here now on the finish of this. But Yeah. mm -hmm. I'm with you. I get you like a Fuji apple. 
Mm-hmm. An organic Fuji apple, to be specific. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this Not is to put too fine a point on it. <laughs> it is. But I that I was expecting... I'm not getting any of the wax <laughs> that you usually get on an organic. <laughs> I was expecting it to be a little more buttery, but it's no, it's not. It's buttery. not. Not at all. I don't. I don't find that to this, be buttery. This at one. All. This one surprised me. Yeah, and it's got um, not a lot of viscosity to it. You know, it's very lean. This is lean. The totally very lean. Mm-hmm. Mm, lean cuisine. I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm digging it. The more I try it, the more I like it. Next, we got Russian River Valley. Oh, okay. That's a whole nother world. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I know we're, we're, we're I'm not singing. running through. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no kidding, I'm the I worst mean, singer. I I appreciate you for all of your talents. However, singing I would like to reserve for People drunk can. karaoke <laughs> when we're when we have when we're trying tequila, not wine. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah okay, that's... so the next one is hailstone. Hailstone. Um, this is from oh, Russian hail. River Valley. Oh hail yeah. Hail yeah. Chris Zazo. Is uh-huh. the founder of this, and he's got an interesting story because uh, his first life um, was in restoration, um, solar panels and roofing, and things that still depend on Mother Nature just as much as wine does. So when he founded his winery, he has three different wines. One is 32 degrees, and that's the Sauvignon Blanc, because what happens at 32 degrees? Water freezes, and you have the hail st- the hailstones I and stuff, right? You, and the snow. And then his Cabernet is, uh, what is that one? Is it Restoration? No, not... Um, uh, yeah, no, Restoration is a Chardonnay. That's what we're drinking now. And I'm going to remember the, what the Cabernet is in, in just a minute. Um, but anyway, it's he does all of these. Oh, it's, uh, it's uh, Impact. Oh, okay. Impact. Of the hail? Yes. Ah, gotcha. All so right. this one, um, it's barrel fermented. Uh, it's aged on the lees for two years in Ooh, French oak. That's a while. So this, I know, right? So this one, I would think of all four would be the richest. But let's see if... Um, it sounds like it's, it, From it, that kind of a vinification process, I'd say it'd probably be one of the bigger daddies. It's also 2014. So this one has or been mamas. sitting for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the thing about Chardonnay that we haven't really talked about yet True. either is uh, the aging potential of Chardonnay, which is much greater than any most any most other white Like wine. an aged Pinot Grigio is mm. not bueno. No. Mm-mm. I don't think... Um, you know, and I've tried some older Sauvignon Blancs that I've been scared about, and they're okay. They're not great because yeah. one of the things about Sauvignon Blanc you like is just that bright freshness, mm-hmm. and I want to drink that early. Chardonnay, I, we can let sit, but... Yeah, and then the flowery ones like Viognier, Tarantes, and stuff like that. You just don't want those things mm-hmm. to age either. Riesling, yeah. Now, this one to me is, again, very balanced. It's, um, I get a little banana. Mm. Get yeah. some banana on that one. Banana Laffy Taffy. Yeah. For sure. But I think that banana comes out with age with Chardonnays. And that that could well be because this one is the oldest that we are, we're trying. And as I said that, I was scratching my head like a little chimpanzee, too. I was like, <laughs> I think the banana As long as you don't pick through my hair and <laughs> start picking out nits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's anything in there to pick out, we're all in trouble. Well, I'm sure that this winemaker will be happy to know that we're trying to um, pair the wine with nits. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I think this again has a not a lot of acidity. Yeah, there's there's it's alive though. It's not like it's dead. That's not the thing with Chardonnay. Um, it's people people like to grow Chardonnay because it's pretty easy to grow. Mm-hmm. It's vigorous, and you got to kind of put the brakes on it so you don't overproduce and end up with flabby stuff. But um, 
you have to be able to be sure that you pick it before it gets too ripe and then all the acidity just dies. Right. I would say all four of these wines are really nicely balanced and they all bring something different to the table. And it makes me happy to know that um, not not everything is overproduced and overextracted and over oaked and over mallowed and all of those things that we're used to, especially from we're not used to, but we've been become more programmed to, to dislike. Yeah. Um, but any of these I would spend money on if I saw them on a restaurant wine list. Yeah, I would totally get any of these. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is what we need to know and what people need to kind of go forward into this world being aware of is that Chardonnay, it's not your mama's Chardonnay. It's not mm-hmm. your grandma's Chardonnay. It's, no. it's a, a brave new world of good Chardonnay. Uh, there's plenty of great Chardonnay out there. And it's also fairly affordable. Yeah. And even the ones that used to make big old oak butter balls. They're really kind of pulling back some of the butter on that, mm-hmm. I've noticed. Even the ones that were traditionally known to be oak bomb butter guys, they aren't as much as they used to they, be. They're, being, they're changing their style a little to match, you know, the... What the tastes are. Exactly. Um, and I hear that, you know, when, I, when, 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 when we have brought California winemakers onto our show or we've gone out and met them, it, that kind of seems like they're almost making excuses or they're almost uh, making sure that people know... We're looking for the balance, and we're doing these kind of things now. And um, I, I, this now this hailstone now that I'm it's being open, I'm getting even a little more spice in there. But all mm-hmm. these wines we just opened, they haven't breathed at all. So once they sit in your glass, we all know that everything changes as it evolves. And that's one of the things we all love about wines is because what you have now is going to be different ten minutes later, and it's it's just fun. Yeah, I, they're really it's a really great little selection, and the thing um, with Chardonnay is know what style you're looking for, and if you're gonna go shopping, know if you want a high acid thing or if you want a butterball because they're all out there. You just need to know what you're looking for, and mm-hmm. then ask your local small retailer which one matches your flavor that you're looking for. And they're food wines. Remember, a lot of these are not just for sipping and sitting around having happy hour unless you have some some cheese or uh, yeah. something with them. They just all go better with food. Everything goes better with food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every food goes better with wine. Mm-hmm. My hips go really well with food right now. I know. <laughs> I've, I've put on the COVID-19, have you? I did the COVID-15. Oh, I, I think I'm at the COVID-5 at this point. Okay. But I think I was at 10, but then I tried to reel it in. It's tough times, yeah. but we always have the comfort of our wine. In the meantime, happy Chardonnay Day. Happy Cha-ching, Chardonnay ching. Day Cheers. to you. And it's mm-hmm. so great to reach three feet across this giant table to meet in the middle. For I was a, on my tippy toe there. Chin chin. <laughs> I was afraid I was going to spill it on the board. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, no kidding. I'm glad. Ay, ay, ay. Luckily, there's nobody in the studio. Besides us, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're not going to get in trouble. Um, Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org or call the Grapeline. Ask us a wine question that we can address on a future show. That number is 707-200-3632. Thanks for listening. 